So like I would work in the tuck shop in the school and the guy who sold, sells the most Freddo bars, the most chocolate bars gets rewarded with a voucher to buy more Freddo bars. I'm like, yep, I'm in, I want it. I was in the honor roll all the way down the corridor um, in our sixth form corridor. When I left school, I'm going to the best university. I want to go to the best course. And I was like, heck, if I'm going to be gay, I'm going to be an A-gay. I'm going to go and run a nightclub at the same time. I'm going to get the best dance moves. I'm going to go to the best parties. Like, it's going to be a dream. I nearly broke myself in the process. I was like, okay, right. I'm going to finish that. I finished university. And within a few years, I found myself at number 10 Downing Street um, in front of our prime minister at the time, Gordon Brown, talking to him about LGBT advocacy and educational advocacy. But even that wasn't enough. I thought, you know what? I'm going to pack it in and I'm going to become the holiest man that you've ever met. And I decided to go and train to be a minister. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Okay, Money Talkers, I have a very special guest for you guys today. I have Reese Perry Batkin. Um, he is the Chief Enthusiast, which is an amazing title. Uh, he is a Welshman, made New South Welshman. Um, what Reese does is he's a peak performance coach. He lives to see entrepreneurs move forward without burning out or going broke. And one of my favorite things is, is that his Facebook group is called The Hustle is Dead. And uh, being an anti-hustler, I can't wait to talk to him. Reese, can you say hi to everybody? Hello, everybody. So, so good to be here. I am honored, Cody, you would make time um, for me to come and chat to you. I know there's a lot of high-profile, high-impact people, and you chose to have a little chat with this Welshman, and I'm grateful. Ah, uh, man. Well, you, uh, that is one humble way to do it, but we are happy to have you here, my friend. Um, we are uh, reaching out all the way down to Reese right now. He's in uh, Australia, so... Um, I want to get a real quick background. Can you tell everybody like a real kind of synopsis of what you do? Yeah. So I am a peak performance coach. So effectively what that means is the way I talk about it is I help entrepreneurs perform at peak froth. It's probably a really Australian term, but what I'm talking about is better converting your time into energy and into money. I am so radically opposed to this message of hustling and what that means. And actually, I really feel that it sets entrepreneurs up for failure. The statistics are damning. Over 50% of small business owners, if you average it across ANZ, UK, US, over 50% fail within the first few years. Over 50% are burnt out. Over 50% are paying themselves less than $50,000 US. Over 50% are working 14 plus hours a day. Over 50% don't have the support they need. And yet what we're saying to them is, hey, dude, I hear it's really hard. What you should probably do is just work a little bit harder and work a few more hours and then you'll get there. How is that in any way logical? Like it's like the definition of insanity. 
just keep doing the same thing over and over again and then who knows maybe you'll get this massive breakthrough man i uh yeah i couldn't agree with you more the the amount of hours that go in and then you're talking to somebody who was a 70 plus hour week person for almost eight years man and so um i have seen the light and so i'm hoping that you can shed some of the light today and so uh and give us some tips and tricks on kind of what you've seen along the way and um you know how to how to hit that peak performance and so um what is your so how did you get started into this uh, so I'll give you a bit of a background story. So I'm assuming there might be a significant number of people on this who are listening to this podcast who are from North America. FYI, I love you. If I could live there, I would live there. I mean, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm just happy <laughs> to be here for now. Um, I was born in Wales and I've moved to Australia seven years ago. So if my accent is confusing, bear with me. I grew up in a tiny little village which is kind of like Hobbiton, if you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings, like just super small. We had three churches, we had three pubs, whichever way inclined you were, you had a place to go. And I grew up at that time with a dad who was a serial entrepreneur. He always had one business, two business, three businesses. He was an entrepreneur before we used that word. He was a business owner. He had lots of businesses. Um, a man of huge vision. Um, in fact, he named a huge haulage company after me, REB International. Wow, dad, that's amazing. Yeah, that went bankrupt. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, dad. And then he went on to his next project and his next project and his next project. My mom, she was a multi-level marketer again before that was even a thing. She was an Avon lady. She was a Tupperware lady. She was Lakisma, which was essential oil. She was running her own hairdressing business. Those are the old school mom hustles. Like a hundred percent, right? Like before anybody even like MLM is pretty sexy now, but like way back then that was just, I'm doing whatever I can to get food on the table. I don't know. That pink Cadillac was pretty, uh, was pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. That was, that was the end goal, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I was growing up in that environment. I, I personally knew that I was different and I sort of, I couldn't put my finger on it. I was a, I'm a big, big church guy. I would go to church every single Sunday. I was convinced I was going to be a minister. I'm like, I'm going to help people. But then at the same time, I was getting bullied quite aggressively in school. And people were saying, you know, you're a gay boy, you're a sissy, you're all these words. And I thought, yeah, is that a really old Welsh word that I've never heard before? Like, that's, that's, that's interesting. Then I cottoned on to the fact it's not a Welsh word. They'd noticed something in me that, that I didn't even know myself. And I went to my minister and I said, hey, I've got a friend who he thinks he might be a bit, you know, and he said, oh, no, you, you, can't, be, you can't be gay and be Christian. I was like, hold up, what? Like, I've got like this thing over here that's like a huge part of me. And then I've got this thing that I didn't ask for, but hey, here it is, it's fabulous. And you guys don't like you guys. And the gays don't like the Christians. And I thought, well, I'm literally this awkward turtle in the middle. And because I was this awkward turtle, I became... Mr. Overachiever in absolutely everything because I'm like if I don't fit in I'm gonna make my mark and it drove me through school in school I was the top of every single class. I wanted the affirmation and the validation Even in the tuck shop. I don't know. Do you guys have Freddo bars in, in the States? Mm. Like little chocolate. Okay, you're missing out But so like I would work in the tuck shop in the school and the guy who sold sells the most Freddo bars the most chocolate bars gets rewarded with a voucher to buy more credit bars. I'm like, yep, I'm in. I want it. I was in the honor roll all the way down the corridor um, in our sixth form corridor. When I left school, I'm going to the best university. I want to go to the best course. 
And I was like, heck, if I'm going to be gay, I'm going to be an A-gay. I'm going to go and run a nightclub at the same time. I'm going to get the best dance moves. I'm going to go to the best parties. Like, it's going to be a dream. I nearly broke myself in the process. I was like, okay, right. I'm going to finish that. I finished university. And within a few years, I found myself at number 10 Downing Street um, in front of our prime minister at the time, Gordon Brown, talking to him about LGBT advocacy and educational advocacy. But even that wasn't enough. I thought, do you know what? I'm going to pack it in and I'm going to become the holiest man that you've ever met. And I decided to go and train to be a minister, even to the point of putting myself through self-imposed gay conversion therapy to be palatable to other people. I went back home to uh, my village one day, back to Hobbiton. And I, I was sat in front of uh, a guy called Mr. Jonathan. And he said, do you know, Reese, because he's Welsh, do you know, Reese, the amazing thing about you is You've done all of this and you haven't forgotten yourself. And I thought, do you know what? You're actually dead wrong. Because at that point, I had very unhealthy um, drug habits. I was 80, in $80,000 worth of debt. I was 12 years single. I had incredibly high anxiety. And I'd come to realize at that point, I'd been a passenger in my own life. I'd absolutely nailed everything that I'd done. I built businesses from the ground up on the side and brought them to the top, but I'd just been throwing myself into everything. And at that point I thought, I've got to do something different. And I explored and I challenged and I read and I put myself in front of people who were not just doing the hashtag hustle, here's my blessed life, but they were actually doing the work and fulfilled at the same time. I wanted to find what good looks like. Fast forward five, six years. I've met the love of my life. I live in a beautiful place in Australia. I've earned more in a month than I once did in a whole year. I scaled my business 1187% um, last year. And the way that I did this was treating myself as my primary asset. What is it I need to do with myself to get the best out of myself and ensure that I'm aligning all my resources to get the best outcome? The, the answer is not just to throw yourself into something because everybody else is telling you that's what you should do. The answer is to come back to think about where you best sit, where you best serve, and from that you get success. Man, that is a that is a that is a wild story, my friend. <laughs> that's uh, but that's amazing because you know I, I think that one of the things about entrepreneurs, um, and like you said, it's a more of a newer word, but. Um, we do that like we achieve we just out overachieve on things but there's but the funny thing is and and um you know i was i read a lot about this on the entrepreneurial personality type i don't know if you've ever read that but the there's no satisfaction to it like it's almost like you checked it off and it's like next thing you know and it's nice. like yeah and so we end up having a time we end up a lot of, a lot of times we fail in a lot of businesses because we don't run them and there's no satisfaction to running the, the part of it. And then so we kind of move on. And so without finding something that, that grasps to you, it's hard to keep your attention a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that you did that you, like you just mentioned, um, by the way, congratulations. Um, what you've done in the last year, you said, you know, 11,000 plus percent. Okay. That's amazing. Um, but what got you to stop doing that? Like, what did you, what have you gone to do now that you find that, satisfaction that you continue to put your entrepreneurial brain and keep driving into it to do something as amazing as driving 11,000 plus percent? I think it's knowing, this sounds really trite because, you know, people talk about, you know, know your why and know your purpose. 
And if you're not careful, that sounds like you should be waiting for Morgan Freeman to descend from the sky and say, <laughs> this is it. And it's not that. It doesn't it, happen, no. <laughs> it does, no. I mean, it hasn't happened to me. Who knows? It might do. Um, but I think it's, it's really taking stock. It's taking stock of what it is that you bring, but then matching that up with a market need and just and making it singular focus. So what is your, what is, what is that thing that you identify that you are, you know, that you are now doing? Like what, it, what, it, let's like more specifically. Well, specifically what I do is I get in front of entrepreneurs and execs and sit with them and say, what is the goal that you're looking to achieve in six months time and how are we positioning you as your primary asset to make that happen? So we break it up into, I call it the tremble framework. So we say, these are your primary assets as far as I'm concerned. You have time. How are you actually leveraging time to your benefit? The industrial revolution was a long time ago. Stop working like we're still like under some form of like incredible master that needs us to work 14 hours. Get your time to work for you, leverage it effectively. Then relationships. How are you positioning yourself around the people who are gonna help you move forward? Not only who are your role models, but who's in your network? Who are the people that you wanna serve? Then moving on to energy. Like, how are you ensuring that you are at performing at peak froth every day? Are you looking after your body? Are you looking after your mind? Are you ensuring that you're not doing activities, which is an issue that I see entrepreneurs doing for the first couple of years at least, doing things that you feel as though you should be doing to move forward, but it's just busy work and it's draining the life out of you. So when you come to have to sell things, you don't have the energy to do it and you're exhausted. Then there's mindset. What are you focusing on? How clear are you that you are going to make a difference? What are the beliefs that are underneath it? Then there's business skills. So core business skills, delegation I've already mentioned, cash flow. I say that cash flow, which is your internal stuff, makes the cash flow. But you've got to make sure that you're actually managing that money coming in because it's like oxygen to the business. Um, how are you managing people? How are you building a plan? It doesn't need to be this like 500-page Goldman Sachs um, business strategy. It's just where are you going and how are you going to get there and what do you need to make it happen? Then legacy, what's it all for? And the final one is E, which is execution. Like you can have the best ideas, you can have the best Instagram feed in the world, you can have like person A and person B talking about you, but if you're not actually delivering on what your customer needs, then you're going to struggle. Because at the end of the day, the entrepreneurial life is not about you, it's about who you serve. And if, um, if Jesus was right, and I believe he was, and he says that the first shall be last, and if you want to be great, you need to serve, then that's what it comes down to. Like, that's, that's what I hold on to. Like, how can I really serve you? How can I make sure I'm solving the problem that you want? I'm not doing what everybody else tells me I should do, because if I just focus on that, it's explosive. And I suppose really to just make it like really, really simple, knowing what I bring, matching it with a very clear market need and getting laser focused to the point of being like a racehorse and blinkering everything else out and just aligning towards that. You don't need the shiny objects. You don't need the bells and whistles. Heck, you might not even need an Instagram or a like website to actually serve people. Make the main thing the main thing. And you are the main thing first. And I love that. The main thing is the main thing. You know, putting first things first. Yeah. yeah, and that's a uh, concept from Stephen Covey, and it's yeah. it's a hard thing to do because yes. the shiny stuff is the most attractive, yeah. you know. But it's that uh, that, that's fantastic. I I have a quick spin on that for you. So I have a question. Um, 
it sounds like you're getting to people that have already kind of made where they're at. Right. And so now they're kind of searching out like, wait a minute, I'm not getting what I want after all this kind of burnout and, and things that we run into. So here's my, here's my curveball for you. Um, how would you stop somebody from getting there in the first place if you're talking to young people? So if you were teaching the concept into somebody that was 17, 18, 16, 15 years old, my idea with money talkers is to keep people from having to seek personal finance because we generally do that when we're in really bad conditions. So I want to keep them out of those conditions ahead of time so they can learn ahead about it. And you're kind of doing the same thing is that you're pulling them out of those bad conditions so that you can get clarity and close is what I hear. Yeah. Um, how would you, what, what advice would you give to them before they got to that point? I would say, similar to what we were saying a couple of minutes ago. Um, if you were teaching young Rees, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I was a teacher for about five years. That's one thing I didn't mention. Um, teaching secondary school kids, really low um, aspiration, low socioeconomic uh, status. And the unifying thing that they need that, that I found that they didn't have was a good role model and mm. um, was someone that they could look up to and say, this is what good looks like. There are sports stars, there are celebrities, there are like people who are like, who look cool. But the key thing I would say is, it's not about what looks cool now. Think really hard about the people that you feel as though you can help. And that mm. might be hard for a 12 year old, right? Or an 11 year old, like, I don't know who I wanna help. Well, think about it, like who are the people, like let's go for a walk today. Let's walk down the street. Let's look at the people in the businesses. Let's look at the people in the cafes. Let's look at the people in the church. And let's look at them. Like, what problems do you think these people have? Oh, well, this person like might need new clothes. Okay, cool. And what about this person? Well, this person, yeah, it looks like their business isn't going very well. There's not many people in their restaurant. Oh, okay. What do you feel about that? Because if you're led by the need, the need that you see in the marketplace, and off the back of that thing, does that get me stoked? Does that get me excited? Then automatically you've got a winning formula. That's it. That's it. That's the, uh, I think that's a lot of what the uh, missing, I don't know, the missing piece for a lot of people is, we start with what's the result for me as opposed to what do people need, right? Oh my God. And that's, I, and we go after what we want. Oh, we want this. And then you, you know, even if you get it, it's not satisfying, man. You're not, empty. yeah, it's empty because it's just like throw it on the heap. It's like, it's almost like right now, like we go through Christmas toys and then I don't know, three months later, my kids are like, it's just a bunch of plastic, you know, it's like not fun. It's not fulfilling for them. So we try to find stuff that's, they can use their brain and build and do those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, and if you, if you really, if you find people to, if you find people to serve, um, and that might not be your language, but if you find people, no, to that connect, is, that's, yeah, that's, it's, it's a problem to solve and it's people to serve, you know, basically. It really is. And I, I see <laughs> so yesterday, so I'm a peak performance coach, right? So I'm in the coaching space and the coaching space, like any space is broad. Like you've got a, you know, you've got a huge range of people like who are out there sharing the message. And yesterday I unfollowed 30 people on Facebook and it was one of the best activities I've done in a while because I went through my feed and I was looking at it and I'm like, this is 30 people just telling me about their life. I know I shared a bit of my story today, but it's like, hey, I had this breakthrough and here I am on a stage and it's amazing. P.S. Do you want to work with me? No? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, what is it about? Like, guys, I've had this incredible breakthrough. Here's a candid selfie of me. I'm, I'm weeping and I've got a butterfly behind me. You should definitely give me money. What? Like, <laughs> it's just like, like, 
why don't you find what why don't you find what the world needs and go after it and serve it and there is i genuinely believe there is a moral imperative on you with the gifts and experiences that you have to match that with the need that the world has and just go out there and serve it and let me be clear that doesn't mean that you've got to be the next marie curie or richard branson or whoever it is with this incredible it doesn't need to be this incredible idea like if you just get really really flipping good at one particular thing you just you're unstoppable like it, it isn't as complex as we make it out to be it's actually really simple the, the systems and structures around like you and i've talked before about the four-hour work week the systems and processes you put around yourself to ensure that you can deliver that in a way that's sustainable and is freeing and life-giving to you okay that might take some time to get to that point but it's it's simple and it's beautiful um when you focus on the number and um that's awesome i could listen to talk about that stuff this is this is my jam so uh i appreciate it man i'm gonna uh but that's that's what we've got for time right now so um reese why don't you tell everybody where do they find out more about you and the chief the chief enthusiast and uh and the guy who's bringing these these concepts into um basically you know what i hear is you're giving life back to people that have chosen to almost take it away from themselves in a bad way because you've become a slave to this business and if yep. you're giving them their time back and giving them their experiences back and that's an amazing thing so where do people find out more about what you're doing so thank you very much that's a beautiful thing to say i am um, so everybody needs a chief enthusiast everybody needs one um and the best way for me to be able to connect with you and serve you i've got a free facebook community um it's representative of a wider community but that's the best way to find me it's called the hustle is dead every single day i do um crazy little welsh facebook lives not in welsh but i'm welsh so you know go with it we share things on time energy and money and it's a great place to connect with people like-minded people around the world who of course they want to work hard of course they want to have an impact but they're not buying into this old industrial revolution idea that they've just got to work 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 until they break i'm here to say we can get alongside each other and find a different path and hundreds of people have so please come and join the facebook group it's called the hustle is dead and i would be honored uh, to connect with you there Awesome, man. Thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at The Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids' financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.